This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The magic of the FA Cup is back at Portman Road for the fourth round this weekend and a very unfamiliar opponent as Maidstone come to town. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Who's your favourite Maidstone player then, Seb? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, We've normally got good the news poor... on that front, though, haven't we? <laughs> we have, thankfully. Normally, the poor audience have to sit here for an hour or so and listen to me waffle on about the opposition. But thankfully, this week we've got somebody with far more knowledge who can sit here and sound far more professional than I normally do on a Thursday night. We have the the down low on the weekend's opponents from Steve, who's very kindly joined us from the Maidstone podcast. We'll bring him in shortly, and he will be able to answer any questions and give us the lowdown of what we can expect on Saturday. Looking forward to speaking to Steve. Looking forward to hearing from all of you in the chat. Welcome along to the preview show. Make yourself known. Get your comments in. Get your questions in for Steve when he's on. We'll just do the sort of first few segments and then we'll bring him in. Big, huge welcome to everybody who is watching live. If you're listening after the fact, we appreciate the hell out of you. If you're here right now, do click that little thumb-shaped thing and like the video. And Seb, I've had my say on Leicester. The boys had their say on Leicester on Tuesday night after the game. Have your say on Leicester. Not much to add, really, based on what the flagship said and what your your vlog has said. It was a carbon copy of the Portman Road game, really, wasn't it? You know, Leicester took control, scored a goal, looked like they were going to amp it up a little bit. And in the second half, we kind of took them on played so much better, pressed higher, subs at crucial moments, as you and me actually discussed on the pre-match show. We said, didn't we, if you can get to 60, 65 minutes and you're still in the game, then the likes of Sarmiento, Broadhead and Hutchinson could prove crucial. And they were, and it's a brilliant point, you know, to get four points from these two games when you take into account Morsey missing, striker issues up front you know they're, they're they're an excellent side i know you and me gave them a lot of praise on the on the pre-match show on sunday How night they you. are they are an excellent excellent side and it's a brilliant point and the scenes in the way end looked fantastic and it's just you know it's it's more ammunition into this the fact that this side just never know when they are beaten and we, we've always got a chance if we can get a chance at any point in the game the chances are we will take it and now we have this little bit of a bit of a respite with this weekend's game the window will close before preston we can see who we can get into the building more on that potentially in a second um but Leicester is a brilliant point a brilliant performance in the second half and uh and yeah a really really good really good way to end the league campaign for January as you said we've done Leeds home and away we've done Leicester home and away we've done Southampton away so hopefully now the fixtures will ease a little bit and you just got to match Southampton's <laughs> points total and we do have a game in hand on Leeds now and um yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure on the maths on that. We're two points ahead, but with a game in hand. So it's not as easy at sell, but just incredible again to still be right up there. You spoke, Seb, about the possibility of a new face. And we have a name, and it's not Sam Gallagher. It's Ali Al-Hamadi, who you might have known from Wickham, and he went on loan to AFC Wimbledon 
last season and he's there permanently now. He has 19 goal contributions in 22 starts in League Two. And if you just look at his entire Wimbledon run there, um, I know we're going to have bad memories of signing strikers with great records from Wimbledon <laughs> in recent season, but um, every player is different. Every player is unique. 27 goals in 48 starts. Um, he can definitely do it at League Two level, Seb. What sort of addition do you imagine? That would be 21 years old, by the way, really young. Yeah, he's a good age, isn't he? I think he's. I think he's viewed as one of the the projects. You know, we we know we signed Gaston Ahadme kind of in a a bit of a panic on the deadline day in the summer two thousand and twenty two. I don't think this is a a panic buy by any means. I think he's got really good attributes. You know, he's very quick. He's very athletic. He clearly knows where the the back of the net is from his time at uh, his time at Wimbledon. Um, if we'd have sat here perhaps on January the second and said, you know, you're going to get to a week before the window closes and one of the the, the most substantial leagues will be a League Two striker we potentially might have thought all the windows not gone very well but you know it's where we are at this point in time we don't want to rush and make a wrong signing and leave ourselves with a millstone around our neck if we give a you know a hefty contract to a 29 30 31 year old uh, to get us through this period when George Hurst is out that's not what we're about anymore that's not what we're going to do in McKenna we trust obviously you know if the data team and McKenna have seen something they like and something they can work with as a bit of a project who can dip in and out with Jackson and Broadhead in the number nine for the next few the next few months and that's what it's going to be so yeah hopefully we can get this one done we, we definitely need somebody don't we I've seen some stuff you know saying maybe we can muddle through to the end of the season with Broadhead in the nine Jackson in the nine and then Sarmiento and stuff in the in the wide positions but I, I think we do need a body tick clacks on Seb said the word body um coming in before the window before the window closes and if it's going to be him happy days you're looking at 1 million 1.5 million I would guess as a, as a fee he's currently away with Iraq in the Asia Cup so even if we do sign him if they stay in the competition I don't think he'd be around for Preston you're probably looking at West Brom before he kind of you know makes a makes a debut for us but but yeah if he, if he comes in happy days it's a bit interesting it's kind of you know do, do you think it could be a bit of posturing maybe to Blackburn as well to say you know that the Gallagher stuff's gone very quiet from what we understand they're not perhaps willing to sell till they've got a replacement in the building could it be a bit of well we've got other targets we can move on if need be he's out of contract in six months time so it's kind of their last chance to get a big fee for him it might be a bit of posturing on our uh, on our part but if he arrives happy days it's a an extra option up front full of pedigree athletic direct we know McKenna likes that from his his front pressing kind of strikers and if they can work with him and they they, they think they can mold him then happy days I'm going to agree with the chat Seb I I'm well behind um Al Hamadi but I think I also want your 29, 30 year old on loan with a big promotion bonus. And um, uh, I think I think they need to do another deal on on top of that. If it, it I don't want to be negative because I'm all in on the on the project and I'm all in on McKenna. But a 21 year old from League Two doesn't want to be going into a situation where it's like, right, in you go, gets promoted. By the way, I. I, I I'm yeah, a bit no, facetious yeah. with, with that comment, but you'd be leading the line in a battle against Leeds, Southampton and, yeah. and Leicester. So um, I would like to see the long in the tooth. Might be expensive if it's a loan, but you've got to well, alone I've got, got a, a loan, go, I've got, haven't you? Yeah, I've got a loan coming in I've got no problem with because you're not con committing yourself to anything. But, you know, we don't want to get desperate and sign a, a Premier League player on a three-year contract, for example, on high wages because that could have implications in the future with FFP and stuff. If it's a, if it's an experienced loan, happy days, I just don't think there's much out there. The Athletic podcast today I was listening to was discussing the absolute dearth of transfers in the in the Premier League this, this January. Normally you need those pieces to fall, don't you? you know, the Premier League signs somebody which frees up one of their squad to go down to the Championship, which frees up somebody to go down to League One. And it all trickles down the pyramid but this year is just not happening at all is it it seems to be kind of Gallagher or Kiefer Moore Kiefer Moore now apparently is going to stay at Bournemouth so it's kind of Gallagher or bust and we'll have to see how the rest of the the rest of the window unfolds all I'll say though Seb never underestimate the last two days of a transfer yeah. window to go completely mental and someone who's made two signings ends up having made nine by the end of the window yeah. I'm not even joking even in January you see that happen so yeah, um, perhaps we might see Al Amadi in the building, um, maybe before we're next in league action. Someone who's going to be in the building until 2025, hopefully, 
is Massimo Luongo. This has all changed, hasn't it? We were starting the season. It was um, the kind of... We were passing around the sort of perceived wisdom between ourselves. Oh, well. So now Taylor's come in. Luongo's certain age. You know, he's he's got this thing with Australia in the in the winter. You know, we'll gradually be phased out. Nope. It's great, isn't it? I'm really happy for him because it's a, it's such a such a great story. We all know if he comes in, he's training with Middlesbrough, can't get a game. He comes in, he spends a couple of months getting up to speed. He then looks absolutely phenomenal for us at the back end of last season. He's still got this ridiculous record, hasn't he, where he's only lost something like five games in the, in the 13, 14 months he's been playing for us. And I think it's fully deserved. Like you say, in the summer, we all sat here and we thought, right, 1.5 million quid on Jack Taylor means he's a guaranteed starter alongside Morsey. And maybe there'll be times when McKenna might play a more solid three in the middle potentially maybe longer comes in for those kind of games that hasn't happened hasn't and he's happened, just yeah. no and he's just made that position alongside Morsey's own and when he's not playing we do miss him we miss that link up in the left-hand channel with with Davis and I think it's fully deserved you know he took the opportunity to retire from international football just before Christmas which freed him up for the um uh for the for the Asia Cup so yeah I think it's a a great bit of business it's a year extension with an option so very sensible keeps him in and around the place he does seem like one of these great personalities great characters if you watch his interview with the club he's the kind of person you get the impression is great to have around the dressing room adding the experience and the the knowledge to some of the younger kids so yeah an absolute win-win well done for getting it done and uh yeah we'll see who's next hopefully presumably it's going to be claggy pretty soon because he's out of contract in the summer as well isn't he yeah good point um i'm just going to answer this question do you think the thrill of deadline day makes the window a worthwhile concept it's one of those things that we just accept in football as a reality it is ridiculous, isn't it? Transfer deadline <laughs> in the middle of the season, but uh, it's good fun. And um, what's his name? Oh, Jim White on the Sky TV made a career out of wearing his yellow tie, doing it. We are going to hear from Steve from the Stones Aged podcast in just one more segment. We just need to hear. We're very lucky because we're going to hear from Natasha Thomas, who spoke to Richard yesterday. ITFC women are at home to Pompey in the quarterfinals of the League Cup on Sunday. Pompey top of the table, won five in a row. In a weird twist of fate, the two sides, says Rich, will meet in the league as well. How often does that happen uh, next week at the AGL? Um, here is a quick clip of what Natasha Thomas had to say about it. And then we're going to speak to Steve from the Stones Age podcast. And Portsmouth, a team we've got a lot of recent history with, a really tough op- opposition. Um, are you looking forward to it? You must be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, they are a very, very good side, but we're a very good side also. So we just need to make sure that we take the tactics that Joe gives us and, and put that onto the pitch and just don't stop till their final whistle because ultimately if it's nil-nil in the 90th minute and we we score a winner or whatnot, we just need to make sure we're focused and keep switched on no matter what the score is because the game can change in so many ways. It can toss and turn onto us or onto them. But I think for us, it's it's a big game. It, there's no hiding from it. There's two big games on the trot at home, which we'd love to get so many people down there behind us and we can show them that we should be playing at a higher standard and will be showing them against a very good side in their tier three. You see the full interview with Rich and goal machine, 150 goals in 200 games, uh, Natasha Thomas elsewhere on the channel. Right. Big welcome in the chat, please. We're going to bring Steve in. Steve Hemsley from the Stones Aged podcast. Um, Steve, I'm going to hand over a little bit more to Seb for this segment. But can I just say on behalf of all our listeners... All our fans, thank you. Welcome. Maidstone, a very welcome to Portman Road. And I think we all hope you make a load of money and have a great day on, on, on Saturday. And I've immediately removed him from the street. Oh, Which right. one? There you go. My bad. That's I'm what still I to do, really Steve. Good. Welcome. Yeah. Go. Steve, Hi, how are you doing? Thank you. Thank you Hi, so Steve. much nice for joining you. us. Yeah, really. really pleasure, guys. Really nice. Really pleasure. Excellent. Talk to us about Maidstone. Give us a brief overview of how the league season is going so far. Obviously, it's not a club that many of our fans will know much about. So give us the background of Maidstone, how you became a fan and how the league season is going so far. Yeah, well, yeah, point of history. I mean, let's start with this season. It's um, it's OK. I mean, the, cup, the Cup's been the, the fantastic thing. We're, we're fourth in National League South, which is obviously the league below the National League. We got relegated from the National League last year, finishing bottom. Uh, this year... 
possibly going to get promoted again. We won't win the league. Yeovil Town are way ahead at the top of the league, but we're sitting in fourth in the playoffs, which is more than happy after last season. Yeah, first time ever the club's got to the fourth round of the FA Cup in over 100 years, uh, which is something quite, quite special. Uh, those who don't know might have forgotten, Mason were in the Football League in the 90s. We won the National. We played three years in the fourth, old fourth division and went bust and dropped all the way back down to county football. And it took us a long, long time to get back up to where we are now. Uh, so, yeah, this is, but in my 40 years of watching Mason United, this is arguably the biggest game I, I would have come to in front of the biggest crowd that we played in front of. So, yeah, the excitement is amazing around the town. And we were discussing in the green room before we came on. It's not we, we have actually met before in a preseason friendly. We were trying to work <laughs> out when it was. We we think, judging from the, the program picture you sent me, we think it might have been early nineties. If anyone in the <laughs> chat can remember playing at Maidstone, sort of maybe 1990, 1991, we need we need Craig or Dave here from the podcast because they'd know instantly from some of the names on the uh, uh on the team sheet. So we have met before in a uh, in a in a preseason game, but it will be the first time we've ever met in kind of competitive action. What's the overall kind of opinion let me ask on the uh, on, on on the draw so you get through to the fourth round of the cup you must have been watching the draw and seeing some of the sides that were still left in the competition was it a bit of disappointment or are you happy because it's going to be well looking at the ticket sales it's going to be a pretty decent crowd at portman road what was the overall view from the from the fans point of view of the of the draw when it was made i think it was a good draw i mean it could have been better for us it could have been worse it could have been a lot worse we could have been away at newport county or somewhere you know or, or, or whatever you know uh, um, so for me, I was very happy with it. I think it's a brilliant draw to have a club that's near the top of the championship. It's all the luck of the draw, isn't it? I mean, with greatest respect in the last round, we didn't really want Stevenage. <laughs> you know, in the third round, again, you could have had you guys or, or Liverpool or Man United. It's just the luck of the draw, isn't it, really? But I think from Eastern fans to come up to somewhere like Portman Road, it's a, I think it's a really, really good draw. Um, to be honest with you, <laughs> it probably won't go any further than that. But it's this is our yeah this is this is our final really. I mean, to get for a club to win seven games to get as far as we have in the FA Cup, you need a lot of luck, a bit of skill, and yeah, it's it's the magic of the cup, isn't it really? And four and a half thousand fans. You're taking over the entirety. The Cobble Stand is the stand I normally sit in, and I think you oh, guys right. are taking over the entirety of that stand. So it'll be a great backing for the team on Saturday as well. Yeah, we could have sold more. Yeah, I think the all the tickets sold out within 100 minutes on Saturday. Brilliant. Uh, that was after season ticket holders. So the public sale, there's probably about, I don't know, half of them left for public sale. So, yeah, I think we could have probably sold six. But the I think the, the FA rules are you only have to give 15%. So four and a half thousand, that's all we've got. That's all we're bringing. But it's still a lot of people. Yeah, excellent stuff. Well, how's the recent form been going into the game in both sort of the league and the and the cup? How's things been in recent weeks? You say you're in the playoffs at the moment. Is that kind of the aspirations for the for the season to finish in the playoffs? You've mentioned you think Yeovil are too far gone. So is the playoffs the target now? And how's it been in recent weeks going in? Yeah, well, I mean, as you'd expect, for, uh, you know, the distraction of the FA Cup. You know, I, mean, I think we've we've lost two and won one and drawn one of the four games since we played Stevenage. Uh, but having said that, we haven't been playing our strongest side. Uh, Sam Corn, who got the win against Stevenage, he's been suspended for the last couple of games. We've been resting players who have been who aren't cup tied. This is this is one of the downsides of non-league sides is that obviously it's really hard for a team like Maidstone to sign players at this stage of the season who haven't already played in the FA Cup because obviously you're not allowed to play if you play for someone else. So, for example, you know all our we've got five strikers, four of them are cup tied. Um, and the one we've just signed is Manny Duku from Manchester 62 in Gibraltar, who's, who used to play for Cheltenham and Barnet. He is probably likely to be our only striker, and he's only played one game, which was Tuesday, and his second game for Maester is likely to be at Portman Road in the fourth round of the FA Cup. So he's thinking, Christmas. <laughs> Wow, yeah, well, what a story that is. Let's talk about the FA Cup campaign then. So when we were down in League One for a couple of years, I was bemoaning the fact, as many town firms were, that the FA Cup for us started in November time. But for you guys, it starts in September. Is that right, in the qualifying rounds? Uh, it does in National League South. Yeah, if you're in the National League, it's the fourth qualifying round, which has been won before Ipswich started last year. Only won before that. As soon as you yeah. drop down to National League South, you have to play two extra games. So we come in the second qualifying round. But obviously, there's three rounds before that, before Maston even get involved. So there's village sides who play in the extra preliminary round, which starts in August, I think. But we started in September. Yeah, I think this would be our seventh, seventh game. So if you guys had to play seven games, you'd win the cup, wouldn't you? 
<laughs> yeah, in theory, yeah. Obviously, it was a first-round victory over Chesham, a second-round victory over Barrow, and Stevenage was the big one last time out with the uh, with the seventy odd places between you and you and Stevenage in the in, in the pyramid. Talk to us about that game and how it how it unfolded. Yeah, it's amazing, really. I think uh, Mason got a three G pitch, so I think Stevenage didn't fancy that. Um, the manager Steve Evans, you know, he 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 after the game, he was very gracious, you know, but. Yeah, before he's always getting his excuses in early, as a lot of managers do, league managers yeah. when they come down to non-league sides. We're, get we're familiar, Steve, in. don't worry. Yeah, yeah, you get your excuses in early, you know, the pitch being a leveller, but I won't use it as an excuse type thing before the match, knowing that if you do lose, you can use it as an excuse afterwards. Uh, it was only 1-0, we rode our luck, we took the lead, a penalty, and they hit the bar, they hit the post, they should have, they, you know, they, they, they had loads of chances. The thing about Maester, we've got a very good defence, so we might not have many strikers fit or available for Saturday. We've got a pretty good defence, and um, and it held firm. And yeah, I mean, I you know, I did put a bet on us to beat Stevenage. I was that confident that we would beat them, and we held out. And yeah, I say in my forty years of watching the club, we've never got past the third round. So um, yeah, it's it, there's always one club, isn't there? One non-league team that tends to do quite well every year. It's never been us before. But out of seven hundred. I think 732 teams enter the FA Cup every year. We're down to the last 32. And for Mason to be a layer alongside teams like Ipswich Town is quite special. Yeah, phenomenal stuff. You mentioned there about your defence. And obviously, we do have a link between the two clubs. We have George Fowler, who made Ooh. an appearance for us under Mick McCarthy. We played a, a League Cup game very early in the season in 2017-18 against Crystal Palace. And Mick kind of played a load of youths and stuff. One of them was Luke Wolfenden, who's our, kind oh, of one of our star centre-halves. Were you there? Were you, Ben? So do you I've remember seen him play? I do you've not seen remember. George, you've <laughs> seen George Fowler play. Yeah, and I, I, I gather he's doing pretty well down at Maidstone, Steve. Yeah, he was player. Of the, he was player of the year last season. Which, when you finish bottom of the league, is quite an, yeah, it's hard work, isn't it? But he was a player of the year. I think this is his third or fourth year or something. He came from Aldershot. He's a great guy. He's a really good defender. He's part of that sort of back four. He's captain sometimes when he when Gavin Hoyt isn't isn't around. Um, so yeah, he's, 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 he's great. I mean, he's a great guy and I think he's, I can imagine he's really looking forward to coming back to, uh, to Portman Road. Great stuff. And the manager. So George uh, Elakobi, mm. most of our fans will know him from his spell at Wolves under Mick McCarthy, you know, Premier League appearances, played at Colu, so dashed down the road from us in uh, uh, in Essex. Talk about ex-player for you, obviously. Talk about him and the job he's done since moving into the management role. Yeah, it's a funny one because I don't. It, he he took over in January last year, and he didn't win a single game in the National League as manager. Maciej, he didn't win a single game. I think we lost probably. Uh, we didn't win in like nineteen matches. There's no other manager, and all the fans would say this. There's no other manager who would be a caretaker manager, not win a game from January <laughs> to May, and get given the job by the owners of the club. So we all thought the owners of the club were crazy because this guy has never won a match. He's never managed a team before. But obviously our owners thought, okay, it wasn't his team, to be fair. They got relegated. He took over from another manager. They gave him they gave him um, the, the chance. And we had the co-owner, Oliver Ash, on our podcast last week. And uh, all, all three of us on the podcast all apologising to the owners, saying, look, we owe you an apology. None of us thought George should have got the job. Now, we were wrong. They were right. He's done an amazing job. He's a real motivator. He could still play. I mean, you'll see him on where you if you you'll see the games. He he is absolutely a man mountain. He's fit enough. He could he could still play at, at a certain level, but he just gets a, so much out of the team. And we see it at whatever club at whatever level, your level, our level. Players play for the manager, don't they? Or they don't play for the manager. You, you lose the dressing room and. George, and that's one of the reasons we've probably done so well in the FA Cup because he'll he'll spur them on. He will give them an amazing team talk on Saturday. It probably won't be enough to you know get a result, but he will make sure those players are competitive and, and give their all. So yeah, he's amazing, and not just him. There's the assistant Craig Fagan, who's also an ex Premier League player, played for Derby County, Hull City. So between them, they've got some amazing experience. They've got some great contacts, and it's their first manager's job. So they're starting down there which is where other managers have started. You know, Martin O'Neill, for example, he started in the National League and, and you earn your stripes as opposed to nowadays where some Premier players just go straight in and manage a championship side and it all goes all goes wrong. <laughs> He's doing it the right way. And Mick McCarthy, yeah, he was at the Stevenage game and I think he's a bit of a mentor to George. Uh, so he was giving him advice and, yeah, I mean, the whole football family, isn't it? But he's done an amazing, amazing job. 
And how will he set you up? What kind of formation will you play? What are the tactics? What can we expect to see from from Maidstone at the weekend? <laughs> Nine at the back? No. <laughs> I don't know. As I said, we haven't got any strikers. We've got one, but one up top, and you know, we'll we'll we're quite. I mean, the goalkeeper is very good. Hey, Lucas Coverland. He was at Port Vale last year. Um, he would have played against you guys, wouldn't he? Did, did we? I don't know. Maybe he didn't. Um, but Lucas Coverland, yeah, ex-Brazilian, under twenty-three, Port Vale goalkeeper. Uh, right back would probably be our captain, Gavin Hoyt, who's played for Arsenal. We've got Reese Greenwich, who's played for Bolton Wanderers. We've got some really good players, <laughs> really good players. Um, and on their day, if they all click, uh, and their midfield, we've got obviously um, uh, Bivesh Garong, who scored the BBC's goal of the round in round two against Barrow, which is worth looking at on the telly, 30-yarder. Um, Sam Korn, who's who scored in both, the, who scored the winner against Stevenage. And Manny Duku up front on his own. He's only be, he probably will only be his second game. And I can't speak for Joel Elakobi what side he's going to put out. But um, whoever whoever he puts out, I mean, for the players, it's amazing for footballers, isn't it? For the, for non-league players to play a play at a great stadium that you guys have got and to play in the fourth round of the FA Cup, it would be the it'd be the highlight for most of their careers, I expect as well. And obviously, you're going on Saturday. So, realistically, what what do you expect from the game? What's your what's your hopes for Saturday? Well, I put three bets on for this game. I <laughs> put a on. bet on Mason to win because I always do. I put yeah, a bet on us to win. What the odds? Twenty-two to one, I think it was. Which I think is pretty good in a two-horse race. Although it's not really, although it's like you know a proper horse and you know a horse trying it, trying to catch you up. But yeah, and I put one bet on for us to win or draw, and I put a bet on for Ipswich to win five-one, which is probably what it should be on a normal day. It should be a five-one. If we score a goal, it'd be amazing. I think you guys should put five passes on a normal day, but it's the FA Cup. Lincoln City versus Burnley. I think you guys got turned over by them, didn't you as well? And also, I think I'm right in saying that you guys have lost nine out of your last 10 FA Cup fourth round games. So, if the stars align... (laughs) That's before you've even said our third round record, Steve, for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) It's football, isn't it? It's great. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, who knows? I mean, one in a hundred times we beat you. You never know. You never know, but... It'll be a great for Stones fans. It'd be an amazing day out, and we're just enjoying it. It's a great club to go to, you guys. Very friendly club, family club. Uh, it'll just be a fantastic, fantastic day for everyone at Macy United. I say to be the last non-league team in England and Wales still in the FA Cup is a real honour, really, and it's quite something to be proud of from our club. And hopefully, if you guys, if we don't get past you guys, I hope you guys go on and uh, yeah, go a bit further and get a great draw in the next couple of rounds. It's a phenomenal achievement, isn't it, for you guys to, to 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 get to this stage? I understand the money you've you've raised so far has gone on some stadium redevelopments with toilet blocks and internet access and that kind of stuff. So hopefully, like Ben said earlier, you'll get a decent payday out of it and you'll be able to to upgrade things a little bit further. Yeah, yeah. The stadium, uh, the stadium's only ten years old. Um, it's the capacity is only four and a half thousand at the moment, um, and yeah, I think they're building a few. It's not very exciting things, is it? New toilet blocks, but I'd much rather they built a big new stand. But it's not going to go that far. <laughs> but yeah, for the club, I mean, they they were they needed to replace the three G pitch because every five years it gets it's FIFA FIFA tested and you have to replace it, and that's about I don't know a quarter of a million quid. So the cut runs come at the right time, uh, really. If we go up, we need a bit more money as well because the national league is a tough, tough league tough league for teams that haven't got loads of money i mean you can be bankrolled yeah, sure. like salford, salford city or wrexham or you could be a normal non-league side and it's really hard and so that all the money will will help and yeah i mean maybe we'll get a draw on saturday and take you back to the gallagher well i've agreed to come on your podcast haven't i if you do beat us I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll happily come on for you next week i'll let you have that one and we can discuss the game then just quickly before we uh before we wrap up we were discussing in the green room for the fans that might not know the ipswich town fans who would you say is probably maidstone's most famous player who who a lot might have heard of in the past yeah there's two there's david sadler who signed from maidstone to manchester united and played in their european cup winning team and there's chris smalling who obviously also ended up at man united via fulham they're probably the two players that have done the best there was um, also when we we're in the football league we had players like warren barton who went from us to newcastle united uh we had steve butler who went to leicester city ended up managing leicester city with peter taylor so there's quite a few um obviously since we've dropped down the last 25 years or so then they don't go they don't tend to make that that bigger uh that bigger jump but um yeah david sadler and chris smalling are probably the two biggest names 
great stuff. Just a couple of questions I've seen come in from, from some of the chat. Um, do Maystone have any famous fans that we might have heard of? Barry from EastEnders. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and Something um, inside so strong. <laughs> <laughs> he lives in Maystone. He goes with and, um I don't know. No, it's funny, funny that I had this conversation with someone else about that. I don't think we have many famous fans. There might be one out of the, out the woodwork. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll discover. Didn't we have um, Timmy Mallet or something last year, Seb? Probably yeah, I think so. That was... Bracknell. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, one of them, wasn't it? Yeah, Timmy Mallet was there, wasn't he? And uh, a quick question from Neil as well. Would you prefer a win over us on Saturday or promotion back to the National League at the end of the season? Personally, it'd be a win over you. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah for, the, enough. for then, the future then... of the club financially, it'll be yeah. if we go up to the national league, it's going to cost us an arm and a leg. If we beat you, it's money for the next season to then go out and get promotion. Brilliant, great stuff. Thank you so much for coming on, Steve. Where can we find you on on the various socials and stuff? Uh, yeah, at Steve Hemsley uh, on um, on X and Insta, and yeah, the Stones Age podcast is available on any of your podcasts, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. But yeah, so there's a, there's quite a fun one we did after Stevenage, and we'll probably do one following the Ipswich game, whatever the results. So uh, yeah, really excited. Thank you guys for inviting me on your show. Brilliant stuff. Enjoy the weekend. If you get to Ipswich early, head for the Greyhound Pub. They're opening for for breakfast baps. You'll go and see some of the Blue Monday lot in there, and I'm sure they'll uh, I'm sure they'll get you breakfast or a, or a beer or something. Brilliant, guys. Thank you very much. Take care. Cheers, Steve. Thanks very much. Legend, Steve. Thank you so so much, Seb. You got you got to love that. It doesn't matter whether your club is Sunderland, Leeds, or Maidstone. You hear the passion that guy spoke with. It's brilliant, isn't it? You know, I, I jumped on with Steve before we went live tonight and we were having a chat and stuff. And I, it, it, there is, it's a, it's a cliche. I know it's a, a cliche that gets rolled out every time the, the cut weekends come around, but it's just so nice to have something different, isn't it? You know, I know we were all sat there watching the fourth round draw and we were probably hoping for Everton away, Repton away, away. because I live, yeah, Spurs away, West Ham away, something big. But we draw Maidstone and it's like, okay, well, that's that's great because, you know, first it's brilliant for them because the money they'll get, hopefully, like like Steve just said, they can, you know, can go towards the, the running of the club. It's great for us because it's something different different isn't it you know it's not the same old tried and trusted you know it's not Preston away Plymouth away Sunderland at home or something it's something different and they're gonna have an amazing support on the weekend four and a half thousand Maidstone fans taking over the Cobbold stand and uh and yeah phenomenal stuff brilliant insight from Steve great to hear from him and uh yeah wish those guys all the best on the weekend away days are great but there's nothing quite like home comforts the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home advantage with McDelivery you win Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Right. Who on earth is going to play in this game then, um, Seb? Uh, when Steve was laying it out, he made it. he made it quite quite um, easy that we were going to, um, you know, roll over Maidstone. But we know the pattern of play needs a certain amount of first-teamers in to maintain. I don't think any Ipswich fans would begrudge the 4,500 celebrating a goal at least. 
with the, no, very, um, in, no, not in at the all. stadium. Um, what, are you, what are you thinking um, team-wise? I'll start you off. Christian Walton in goal. <laughs> yes, that's the guarantee. McKenna normally does go strong in cups, doesn't he? We've been surprised in recent rounds how few kind of players he, he rests. I guess we're so used to, you know, Hurst, Lambert, especially Mick, resting, you know, the entire first eleven and playing a mixture of kids and players no back from injury. So I think Walton, like you say, will definitely be the keeper. Morsey will definitely play. He'll need a game because he's not featured since the... Um, uh, since the FA Cup in the it was at Wimbledon at the start of the month, so he'll definitely play. I'd imagine a back four along the lines of Domball right back, Twan Zabian Edmondson in the middle, Cameron Humphreys left back, Morsey and Taylor in midfield, and then Hutchinson, Harness, Sarmiento behind, and then presumably Broadhead in the nine, I would guess, is a chance to kind of keep practicing that role, keep playing that role. Maybe Travis in midfield instead of Taylor if they want to try and get more minutes into him because he's looked pretty done hasn't he at 60 minutes in both games so far so it's a chance to get another hour under his belt and then maybe I guess we'll see Buabo off the bench maybe a couple of of youth prospects on the bench to uh, uh to, to, to go in the second half if it if it works out okay but yeah I think squad players a few first teamers Morsey back importantly and I presume Broadhead as the nine to to learn the role a little bit more what do you think on that do you agree with that or do you think he'll go younger and more squad players or I don't know. It's it's one of those, Seb, where the best-case scenario is you go reasonably strong and it's done by half-time. And then yeah. perhaps if you've started Morsi and Broadhead, you could even take them out at half-time if you wanted or just go up to 55 minutes or something like that. I mean, it's fantastic to have, like you say, the debate being um, which of our excellent players in our brilliantly um, sort of rehearsed pattern of play we're going to be selecting in this one. But it does need, the, the engine needs oil, doesn't it? And you need some quality right through the spine. But like you said, if if present are Walton, Edmondson, Morsi, and possibly Broadhead right down the right down the middle of the team, that's that's a lot of quality, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. That's the spine that you're going to need. I mean, he's played Wolfenden in the in the third round, didn't he? Wolfenden has featured in some of the cup games. And I guess with it being a not as hectic schedule, there'll be, what, five days recovery from the uh, the Leicester game and then a full week, clear week until Preston. So maybe he will give some of the first teamers a run out and look to make those changes, like you say, if he gets to... 45 minutes, 60 minutes, and we're a few goals in front. Then he can introduce kids off the bench or or other players that need need to get some minutes and just keep them ticking over before February ramps up. Because February, there are a lot of games in February with the rearranged Rotherham game. You're talking potentially a fifth round FA Cup game. We've got a couple of midweekers as well with Millwall. So, um, so yeah, I think it'll be a, a useful opportunity. He'll go slightly stronger, I would think, than than probably most of us will be used to. And as you say, if you can be professional about it and get the job done, then there's your chance to to rest people before the, the league season ramps up again the following weekend. Maybe we'll have a new striker in by midday tomorrow. You never know who they can uh, who they can unleash. Somebody from left field that nobody has considered yet. I don't believe you, Seb. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that might be for the for the Preston game, um, guys. We're um, obviously we've not got league stuff to talk about, so. We will take some questions if you um, so have any. Get them in. Um, and we'll just have a look at the February fixtures. Um, Seb, we just need to plug um, this book, which is going to be available from the Greyhound. Could you take that one? Yeah, sure. So Greyhound open from 9.30 on Saturday. Obviously, it's a 12.30 kickoff. So it's open from 9.30 with the same breakfast baps they did before Norwich, which were absolutely excellent. There's two choices. It's meat or veggie, but they are brilliant. Make sure you get yourselves down there nice and late to enjoy that. You need a bath there's a afterwards. New- yeah, yeah. And there's a new book on sale as well. Um, from uh, It's 10 quid in the pub. It's called One of Our Own. It's a book written by town fan Rob Parker, and it follows the journey of a passionate family celebrating the legacy of Ipswich Town from the glory days up until the modern era. It's just 10 quid, written by a uh, written by a fan. Great for, for kids, for families, for any Ipswich Town fans, really. So good price, 10 quid. Get yourself down there. Get your breakfast bap. Get yourself a beer. Get yourself the book before you head down to the uh, down to the ground. I've got another reason you should buy that book, Seb. Go on. When the podcast first started and I didn't know how to use a computer, my friend Guy did our graphics. This is before we had Rich, who's a bit of a whiz kid with all of this. All of this stuff you can see now has come out of his brain. Guy 
did our first sort of load of graphics, you know, bulk stuff to to put on the podcast and stuff. And he has illustrated um, this book. He's a very talented um, graphic designer. And obviously, strangely, you although many of you won't know, although if you went to the first Blue Monday live show, you would um, have met Guy because he was there. But um, yeah, another, another link back to the podcast. So. And another reason to go and buy the book. Yeah, great stuff. Make sure you get down there. Only 10 quid, blinding deal. And uh, enjoy the breakfast baps as well. Uh, get some questions in if you want us to do any Q&A. Seb, let's have a little look ahead then. Um, if we're assuming foregone conclusion, which is a terrible thing to um, <laughs> assume with the magic of the FA Cup, that um, this will look after itself. I'm not entirely sure when the um, next round would it goes be. it goes midweek doesn't it from the fifth round i think so am i right in thinking it's the week commencing the 26th oh god so you'd have i might be wrong but i think i think three... the, i think i think the fifth round goes midweek and they they abolish replays at that point don't they yeah so there's no yeah there's no replays from round five but god look at that look at that schedule in terms of look 10 14 17 three game week 17 20 of 24th three game week and then 24 presumably whether you get the Tuesday or the Wednesday um, would then be a three game week leading up to please don't be a big game uh, Plymouth away <laughs> you do not want an away draw um, before that so look I know we've spoken about the disproportionately difficult run of fixtures we had and we were looking forward to this but Remember the um, the kind of frantic pace of it can be a bit of a bit of an equaliser. But do you want to just give me your thoughts going through there? So Preston away um, is a long journey, but we think we're probably better than Preston, and they like to get on Ryan Lowe's back. Yep. West Brom at home is difficult, but you'd rather play them at Portman Road than at the Hawthorns. Millwall away. Had a good game against them, didn't we, earlier in the season? Already beaten them. Swansea away. Um, it's a lot of away games, isn't there? Um, with Luke Williams just trying to figure his way out. That should be an open game as well, from what I've seen so far. Rotherham at home. You'd rather play Rotherham at home. Birmingham and the return of Tony Mowbray. They'll look hard when you let me read them out. But <laughs> um, if... We're doing our points totting up and whatnot. Um, you're really targeting this month for two points per game, aren't you? I think so, yeah. We all want to be coming out with 12 points, don't we, going into that potential FA Cup fifth round after the after the Birmingham games. And there's some there's some pretty winnable games in there, I think. You know, we've only played two games in January, so it's nice that the fixture list ramps back up now with the league action. I think Preston away, you know, I know they they kind of held leads at bay until their, what was it, 93rd, 94th minute. But we, you know, pretty convincing at Portman Road, the 4-2 victory, and we we, we batter this. It's not really a fair a fair uh, assumption, a fair um, thing to make, but we, we did batter them in the summer, in the preseason friendly up there as well so I think that was pretty straightforward West Brom they schooled us at the Hawthorns you know the Sky game at the 5.30 kickoff we Can didn't just really make a lay. quick really quick comment Horse Hollerer says Swansea are 5-0 down at half time and I've just looked and it's Bournemouth they're playing isn't it in the cup he is not lying maybe there'll be a new Swansea manager if this <laughs> got absolutely beaten up by um, uh, Southampton and they've, got, they've got Leicester away in midweek they looked very, very open, didn't they? So potentially that's a good, yeah. a good chance to go there and get something. West Brom won't be easy, but they've they've kind of tailed off since they beat us. You know, they they were beaten by Norwich last weekend and didn't look amazing. So as you say, you'd rather have them at Portman Road than at the Hawthorns. Millwall on a Tuesday night, you know, that won't be the easiest, but you've you've got to be fairly confident going there. Rotherham is a there's no such thing as a home banker, but you know, Rotherham's away form has been really poor in the league so far this season. So you, you're looking at that one as a as a guarantee. And then Birmingham, what will they be like under Mowbray? You know, Jay Stansfield to come to, to Portman Road. They they did a job on us for 20, 25 minutes at St Andrews and it took those two late goals from Harness to get ourselves back to get a point out of that game. But yeah, I think I think you're looking at 12 points minimum from that because let's be honest, Southampton, I don't know what their next six games are. I'm not sure when they start going to the likes of Leeds and uh, sorry, Leeds is the last day. I'm not sure where they're going to when they're going to Leicester, but they'll be looking at two points per game for the foreseeable. So we've just got to keep matching them, keep churning out the results and see where we sit going into the final 10 games or so of the season. Yes. Um, let me just answer this question. Big Kiefer Moore is on the bench 
for Bournemouth. Okay. He has not um, started. Um, guys, if you've got any questions, uh, we will take them now. Can I take this one from Rob, Seb? Um, it says, Ben, a championship question. Why were Leeds and Norwich allowed by the EFL to agree to bring a game forward to last night from later in the season, hence Leeds now closing the gap? So you just need agreement from both clubs. I actually heard Daniel Farker on this. Um, I think it was vaguely similar. Did, did we do it earlier in the season? Did we bring one... Did we bring one forward and get it out the way? I can't. I can't quite I think remember. We did something last season. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, I think. I think as long as the clubs agree, there's there's no real issue with it, is there? Because it eases a bit of congestion, sort of going going forward. So I think if everyone agrees and you've got a blank space, I think I think it's not that much of a bigger deal. And we've certainly done it in the last couple of years, haven't we? Yes. Um, Sean. Is Gary Lineker hosting Match of the Day from Portman Road on Saturday? What welcome will he receive from the town fans? Um, I think it's Alex Scott, isn't it? I think I think Alex Scott is the. I think she said she's the host. Oh, for it's it, on BBC, so. is it? Yeah, it's ah, BBC twelve thirty. Yeah, I'm guessing whatever game they've got on the Sunday night or Saturday night, they'll have somebody bigger than us against Maidstone. So I'm assuming Lineker, Shearer, Mika Richards will be at that one. Um, I, but we get. Can yeah, I say something controversial, people. Seb? Go on. We had a lot of pops at Plymouth fans last year for being salty about <laughs> not getting enough credit um, a lot of the time. So we do need to be careful of that ourselves at the moment, don't we? I know it's frustrating yeah, yeah. when you feel like you should be talked about in glowing terms all the time, but um, we, we shouldn't necessarily grumble in the same way we grumble at Plymouth fans for doing the same thing last year, right? But that's just football tribalism, that's irrational football fans. We're all going to take yeah. that. You know, we're watching the Leicester game and as soon as Don, Don Goodman says something that's not totally correct, we jump all over it because as, as football fans, that's what we do. <laughs> um, Chris, can you think of a more underwhelming signing at the time who has gone on? God, I can think of some more underwhelming um, <laughs> signings, but not that have gone on to be brilliant piece. I don't think so. Because um, the thing with Tyrone Mings is, um, you know, you weren't he expecting anything yeah. from that, and we weren't in a weren't in a crazy League One promotion battle. So, to Chris's question there, no, I think Luongo has to be one of the most surprisingly useful. So, if someone in the chat can name a, a more surprisingly useful signing, then I'll read it out. But I can't think of one. No, I can't. No, he came in as a bit of a box ticking exercise. We thought because Don Ball just got injured in the November game, the crazy four-all draw at Charlton, didn't he? He got uh, he got injured, and we kind of thought, well, Luongo will come in until he's back, or he'll just sort of see us do a job. Maybe we'll sign somebody in the in the window with a bit more razzmatazz and stuff. But he was absolutely excellent. We all know his record. We didn't see him for six weeks, eight weeks. He made an appearance against Burnley and crushed somebody in a in a fifty-fifty challenge, and then he's never looked back and fully deserving of the new contract. So all I can think of maybe under no yeah not in terms of underwhelming Every, everyone we signed sort of for the last few years was was very much a, a kind of you know a bit of a bit of a journeyman at times weren't they um where was this one i wanted to read here uh who leaves on loan says charlie can you see anyone going out on loan now we think i suppose the depot's already gone from the striker position no one seems to be coming in any other any other spots i don't i don't know does anybody Maybe just a maybe a Don Ball want to go and play some football. I mean, I guess we're where are we at? We must be still one in, one out. We're unregistered Ladapo, so we must have one space sort of free in the squad. And if we want to make two signings, somebody else will have to be deregistered or dropped out. He might want to go and play football for for six months. Danassian would be one I might think move on, but he's he's got this groin injury that won't clear up. So other than that, I can't really think of anybody else that would look to to move on. And when you hear, you know, George Edmondson was coming out, wasn't he, in the press when he was linked with the Portsmouth game, and he kind of said, why would anybody want to? to leave this fantastic club. He's been this quality the last couple of games as well, Sam. Exactly. He kind of shows players that you might get a chance. You have to be ready for it. But if you take it, you know, look how he's been since he came in with with Stoke away. He's not looked back and there's now a conversation around, does Burgess get back in or is Edmondson got the shirt? I think he's got the shirt moving forward. So a couple of the fringe players who might be thinking, I'm not getting any game time here, maybe a Cameron Humphreys, they might have to be ready because all it can take is one injury, one suspension. Suddenly it's your chance. And if you do well, you might well stay in the team. Is there another Blue Monday live event being planned this season? Um, unlikely, Romeo, but not impossible. Um, it's a lot of work for us putting them on. It's uh, pretty expensive, let's just say, to um, to kind of host those things. Although, 
I would say, and I've said this before on the pod, um, Seb, it's pretty much the best thing we do. It's great doing the pod, but it's just different level having, you know, actually people there. And Luke Chambers was just a star. So we've got we've got a high bar to meet, and we would want to um, we would want to want to do uh, do that justice. So. Um, what do we got here? Jacob, what's your prediction for Ipswich Maidstone? Do you reckon Maidstone could get a goal at least? I'm a proponent of Maidstone being allowed to score a goal in, in this or even take the lead, but um, we should win by two, shouldn't we, Seb? Famous last have, words? Yeah, I've got us down to win by by, by three. I've, I've either got a three nil or like you say, I wouldn't mind giving them a goal, so I'll be happy with a three one or a Give four one. Give them a second them- series. Let them have the let them have the celebration of the uh, uh, of the goal, but let's be professional. Get the job done, and we can then look to rest players. So I'll go four uh, one with Maidstone. Yeah, give them the opener because then the fans will go crazy. They won't want a consolation at four nil, will they? So give them the opener. Let's see the cobble go crazy, and then we'll uh, then we'll turn up and do the business. Hopefully, Matt, who may be a chef, looking at his avatar there with the Morse with the Morsi inevitable suspension now done, and the nasty run of league matches behind us. Does this now feel like a fresh restart for us to build some momentum and keep pushing on? That's a big hopefully yes for me, Seb. Very much so, but I'm not entirely sure Sam Morsey's league suspensions are done for this season. <laughs> I, th- I think, I think that I think is it game 37, game 38 is where the 15 game um, suspension, 15 card suspension rule is lifted. So I wouldn't be that surprised if he gets five more and sits out a three match ban, um, which is presumably why Travis has been bought in as well with an eye to possibly that happening. What did Warnock say in the Sky Studios? Sam Morsey could get booked in an empty room <laughs> by himself. So that I wouldn't guy, be that surprised if he. Sits out with a with a three game match at some point, but yes, the momentum is there. The you know the going away with the last minute equaliser by Sarmiento on on Monday can only boost you know confidence further. We've just looked at the fixture list. There are some games there that we can we can really look to turn up at and really look to get some points on the board. And yeah, it will build for the for the run in starting probably middle of March. Um, if someone could smarten me up, the only boller I know is Mark Boller. Um, he used to play for Middlesbrough, and I'm sure that's, that's him. The left, the left back. Yeah, he's oh, out in it? Turkey. Okay, yeah, it, he's, I think he's out. In, I think he's out in Turkey at the moment. I think I read somewhere. So I think he's. I think they clearly want some cover, don't they, for Leif Davis? Hence the Marvin Johnson links with um uh, with Sheffield Wednesday, whilst Brandon Williams' future is up in the air. So it sounds like they do want to bring somebody in to cover that position, which makes sense given the crucial part of the pitch that that it is. Um, and he's the latest one today. I've got no idea regarding a fee. What was he like at Borough from your time covering the Championship? What what kind of a player is he as a just as a, an able deputy presumably I think so I'm trying to remember because they had so many man- I think he was there with Warnock actually which goes back to your um, last conversation and Warnock is notorious for going in and literally everybody even if you're in the blooming youth team if you train well he'll just play you so it can be a bit random with with Warnock sometimes but the proof's in the the proof's in the pudding isn't it um and he's kind of drifted away I need to do some some research. Um, fair shout here. Someone says Humphrey's out on loan. That's a possibility, isn't it? That's yeah, but not until point, we've got it? somebody in to cover Davis, you know, with Williams's future up in yeah. the air, Danassian's groin injury. I think it's too risky to load him out whilst we have nobody to step up in case Davis gets suspended or injured. Uh, do we see Williams back? I assume the break clause, you know, would allow us to just send him back if it wasn't going to happen, which would be so crushingly disappointed, speaking of the Blue Monday um, live show, when he was our best player there and flavour of the month and everyone was loving him. Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't he? That spell he had in October, the goal he scored where he runs the distance of the pitch, the equaliser away at Huddersfield. He kind of turned up some, some really big moments. We don't know, you know, speculation, but we don't know the ins and outs of it. McKenna kind of changed his tone a little bit, I thought, last weekend. Previously, it was a, we'd love to see him back, hopefully after he's been assessed by the Man United guys. But this weekend after the, or after the Leicester game, I think it was, or maybe pre-Leicester, he said that, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully get him back if he's fit enough, but we're not sure he'll be able to do that. So it does sound like the tone has changed and maybe we'll just see an announcement that he's going to go back to United for the second half of the season, in which case we'll have to get somebody in to cover that left-hand side because his versatility is so useful, isn't it? The fact he can cover both left and right means you can shift Harry Clark across or you can put him on the left-hand side. And it's a shame because, you know, he was becoming a real cult hero really mm. quickly, wasn't he? You know, we've all seen the 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 gif of him smashing into the, the, the was it a Blackburn player and then getting up and, and laughing and stuff. So it's a real shame that it's it's worked out this way, but we'll have to see what comes in the next seven days of the window. Um, 
Right, trigger warning. We're going to talk about VAR quickly, Seb. <laughs> and before I say this, nobody is right or wrong about this. I'm not right. You're not wrong. You're not right. I'm not wrong. But Rob asked, thoughts on VAR at some FA Cup games, but not others. My opinion is steadfast, Seb. You give referees as much help as you possibly can in every situation where you possibly can. I know lots of people don't like it and disagree with me. That's my take. I'm, I'm perfectly happy for VAR to be wherever they can put it. What's yours? What, what say you? I'll be honest, my take is the opposite to you. I think if you can't <laughs> do it in all the games in the competition, it shouldn't be allowed in any of them. I think you have to have a, a fair rule that covers the entire the entire competition. No, fair enough, fair enough. But I will uh, agree with your thing and uh, your, your view and not shout at you because we're adults. <laughs> oh, how about that? We are on the internet here, Seb, so I think you might have just broken the internet code. You now have to insult my character and never speak to me again. Um, do you think that we've read in track? Do you think that we've finally got decent value for money out of Caden Jackson? He cost close to two million, um, but it's not all about goals, is it? Great character. Um, I don't think we ever got it. It's really, it's really harsh because you're speaking after the fact about someone who came in. What was it? So it's her season, 2018. Yeah. Um, that the worst transfer window in our history. We often say with <laughs> yeah. Waghorn and Webster and McGoldrick and Selena all all out and yeah, some um, Paul Hurst. By the way, someone commented there. Paul Hurst, full He's circle, Shrewsbury manager again. Um, but I think it's very easy to say after the club has been successful with Jackson still there, but not necessarily behaving. I mean, he costs more than Nathan Broadhead, we think. He costs more than Harry Clark, more than... Um, Connor Chaplin. Connor Chaplin, Sam Morsey, yeah. etc. And you would argue... And by the way, I love the story. I love that he's still there. And I love that we've got a manager clever enough after several managers haven't been able to, to get him to do something useful. But I don't think you can say we got two million quid's worth of value, can you? I don't think so, personally. No, I mean, the fee isn't his fault. You know, Accrington were always going to hold out for as much money as they could possibly get at the time. And our luck, lack of a proper footballing structure meant we paid over the odds after we got some money in for, for Waghorn moving on. I mean, like you say, it's a great story. He's been binned off, what, two or three times in the past, <laughs> I've, training I've with reserves. Every transfer window, <laughs> Training with the reserves, squad number removed. And he's, yeah, he's done... Yeah, he's done well and fought his way back. And as of tonight, the 25th of January, he is our leading striker in a championship promotion race, which shows, you know, anything can be done. So, yeah, fair play to him for still hanging around. I don't think he's he's, he's worth the, the what was it? Yeah, 1.8, 1.9 million quid we ended up paying for him. But it's a testament to him as a character, him as a professional, how hard he has worked, how McKenna has also clearly, you know, seen something he's, he's spoken in the past, hasn't he? That McKenna's the first manager who kind of focuses on what he can do rather than what he can't do and yeah as i said he is currently the man up front to shoot us to the premier league so fair play but i don't think we'll ever get the full value of the of the two million quid fee unless he scores 10 goals between now and the end of the season that results in us getting promoted at that point i will happily doff my cap yep me too me too um can you get barry from eastenders on the <laughs> post match <laughs> all i can think of is that scene in in extras am i allowed to use the the W-A-N-K word on here? Or probably not. Are you a... But yeah, and there's a very good outtake of that where they can't do it without... I like that. the one where he... Do you remember the one where he's talking about dignity and he's just... He walks away from the sweets <laughs> at the thing and all the sweets start falling out of his shell suit. It's a good 10 seconds of just sweet after sweet hitting the floor after he's given a speech oh. about dignity and stuff. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Sensational. Uh, Paul P, what are your thoughts on Taylor? Are we not using him right or was he overhyped a bit? I mean, he was only overhyped by Durham McCantony, wasn't he? I think we were kind of um, saying he's going to be the... £50 million pound player or what have you. My thoughts on Taylor, if I can go first, Seb, are that there's definitely something there. We really, And this goes back to the Luongo conversation. We really could have done with having him for his benefit for the whole season right through League One. And I think this might look a bit different now. I do maintain, if we'd have signed him in January, I don't think Luongo would have kicked a ball for us, potentially. I think he would have been... He would have been the guy. My contention is that his skill set um, in terms of the two things he's best at are taking long-range shots uh, and arriving in the – three things, let me say. Arriving in the box late, that works, but driving from midfield aren't really what we do as such. So he's going to have to make a couple of tweaks to his game. But 
I think as as an athlete and a technician, I think he's he's got what it takes. I think it's just taking a bit of time for him to click into the kind of McKenna thing. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. And I think he was really good when he came off the bench against Leicester. Obviously, you were there on on uh, on Monday night. I thought he looked decent when he came on. He really looked to kind of kind of get us going. It's a it's a new role, I guess, he's having to learn, isn't he, with this with this side. And as you say, the things he was perhaps expected to do at Peterborough in their central midfield isn't really how our central midfielders play. But you know, he's he's young. We've spent a fee on him, so he's certainly not going to be one, I don't think, that's discarded anytime soon. Like you say, he probably would have benefited from that six months at the back end of last season going into a full championship campaign but yeah we see moments from him that you know he stands out the long-range goals obviously the long-range shots are what what you really kind of like the the sexy stuff that you can bring to the party and he'll have to keep working on things to to look to to kind of cement that position next to next to Morsey but for now Luongo is is, is the first choice in, and we've seen when one of Luongo or Morsey drops out we do we do see a drop off and it's up to Taylor to step up and make sure that doesn't happen nobody has the 10 card amnesty pass no that's quite a way down is that like easter or something no that must uh, be the 15 Trevor's... one isn't it is that the oh 15 is it one? oh sorry yeah. beg, your, beg your pardon there's definitely another amnesty that kind of takes us then into the playoffs isn't there i think so yeah I, i'm not entirely sure of the dates but yeah travis is on eight i think luong goes on seven maybe eight now because he got booked on the uh uh for the leicester game as well so yeah we might well see another another suspension which again going back to the previous chat about letting squad members go you might want to keep somebody like a a dom ball in and around the building in case you've got to fill in for these upcoming suspensions uh tremendous i just wanted to read this last one here Stephen, would you do a show together live at portman road with life's a pitch tv of course we would and um, we've got a good relationship with um phil from twtd who we did a few kind of cross pollinations there and we'll be completely transparent that was phil's phone book that um that got the guests and not necessarily ours so yeah very 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 much so although um I think they've got enough uh, stardust on their shows without inviting any of us along. But if we could put the two audiences together, um, I'm sure there's plenty of crossover. But um, that would be just lovely. And I think that would be just lovely for tonight, Seb. Um, just give Steve a shout out, who was absolutely brilliant. And I hope he has a great day and can celebrate at least a goal at, at the weekend. Yeah, phenomenal. Brilliant insight from Steve. Make sure you check out the reaction show after the Ipswich game. It's the Stones Aged podcast. He's on Twitter uh, at Steve Helmsley. S. Helmsley, I think it was, but we'll we'll give him a shout out and a retweet after this. Brilliant insight from him. And great to hear the Helmsley, sorry. Uh, and great Hemsley. to hear the op- Hemsley, sorry. I'm doing the Asante <laughs> Thomas thing again, aren't I? On the flagship where I kept calling him Asante Thomas or Thomas Asante and getting it all the wrong way around. Um, it wouldn't be a pre-match show without the host shouting at me for my pronunciation. So we've ticked that one off as well. But great insight from him. Great to hear from the opposition. And I really hope they have a great day out at Portman Road on uh, on Saturday. I'm not being mean. Seb asked me to correct him, I promise. And we promised <laughs> Steve that we get his name right on the show after I repeated it about 800 times in front of his face. Um, guys, thank you so, so much for joining us. Amazing numbers as ever on a Thursday night with Maidstone coming to town. It just shows um, how magical this time has been and how great this team has been and how awesome you lot are. Before you leave us, do make sure you hit the thumbs up button on your way out. Do make sure you check David Diamond on TalkSport or is it TalkSport 2 tonight? It's very late, which, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, he's going live. Is half it, 11. Half 11 tonight, yeah. Half 11. And then he's back on the flagship, obviously, on Saturday. It's Rich, Joe and Dave back for the flagship, focusing on Mason on Sunday. Amazing stuff. Check out Rich's interview with the fabulous Natasha Thomas. And, yeah, the flagship Saturday night, Yeah. No, sorry, Sunday. I don't know why. Sunday night. No, normal Sunday. Normal Sunday At service. At the normal time. Basically, disregard around half of everything we've said in the last minute, but not the last hour. Seb, um, I've loved doing these two preview shows with you. A little bit of a little bit of a switch up. Pleasure to talk to you. Best host we've ever had on the pre-match show. Thanks. <laughs> That's absolutely <laughs> tremendous. And a brilliant way to end, and the correct way to end this Blue Monday podcast. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. 
from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.